god, hold on, where are we now? Sadcast, episode 10. We've been out for two. Um, Alright, welcome to Sadcast, the Sad Meg podcast. I'm Jackie Hoffert, here back again with... Stu Pop. Stu, welcome back. Thanks. It's nice uh, to have you back on the show. Yeah, it's good. Good to be back. We've missed you over Christmas and in January. Yes, yeah. Yeah, you've been you've been away, I think. I have been soon. away. But you took the recording equipment with you. Exactly. Uh, the Skype. I did. And the kind of impetus and ability and time and mental space. So I am back now with all of those things and I'm very happy to welcome everyone to episode ten. The cat issue for listeners who haven't had a chance to get their hands on it is really like I mean, granted it's better if you like cats. I will give that, but it's a beautiful, beautiful. First of all, it looks fucking amazing. Pam has done a killer job again designing this magazine. It's so beautiful, perhaps one of our most beautiful. And um, yeah, lovely articles, you know, about cat auras and pussy waxing and and I don't mean the animal. Um, and what other articles? There's so many. Oh, beautiful, beautiful story about a lifelong pet that eventually passes away and I don't know cats in different places and our dispatches it's just a lovely lovely issue and so I encourage you to check it out visit sadmag.ca to find find out where you can get it which is like really a ton of places uh, all right moving on we were both just at the Racy Chronicles Unlucky in Love Stu and I both told stories and so we're going to play those stories for you um and i thought we might preface that with a little bit of chit chat about valentine's day which is as it happens today but not today for you listener uh and then finally close out the show with um talking about job hunting and freelancing and how much that shit sucks usually and just horror stories about that so um yeah ready to dive in let's do it Um, so today being Valentine's Day, obviously relevant to all of our listeners because it's not Valentine's Day for them anymore. And also who gives a shit, but it just came from the Memorial March, which is very heavy and very sad. And so I'm feeling very like, I don't, I'm not feeling like feisty, like oh, eh, corporate Valentine's Day, eat a dick. Like I, I'm not really feeling like angry about Valentine's Day. I'm more just like sad about gender-based violence <laughs> and missing and murdered indigenous women so that's kind of a downer but also a reality and i'm glad that there's a march every year on valentine's day to remember that and organize around that but more broadly i'm curious to know your feelings about valentine's day stew pop because i'm finding it this year even though i'm currently dating somebody like i'm finding it to be a kind of emotional drag that i wasn't accounting for you know, where it's like you can't help but have some kind of expectation around what the fuck this means, no matter how radical you are. Like it just sort of just like stinks up this air around this this week. Mm-hmm. And well, I, wa- I, I wanted to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I uh, I mostly just ignore Valentine's Day. I have no strong feelings for or against. Mm. Um, I've never been dating someone on valentine's and yeah it's just never synced up that way Mm -hmm. 
Um, and at this point, uh, Valentine's weekend, especially this year, is bas- it's NBA All Star weekend. So <laughs> love it. That's what I do. I I watch the dunk contest and forget about Valentine's Day. Shout out to Steve's other podcast, Bench Warmers. Yes. Yep. Uh, so that's that's my thoughts on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Uh, the good night for a dunk contest. Okay. This week, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I. I, you know, I used to get, like, bummed about it, like, not dating anyone on it mm. or be, like, anti-Valentine's Day. But now I just kind of comes and goes. I yeah. sent Valentine's to friends. Mm, that's cute. I, I made a ridiculous uh, Jeff Goatbloom Valentine's, uh, which is an, an inside joke that has recently risen up amongst my friends, which is just Jeff Goldbloom with a goat for a head. Amazing. Uh, I feel like I've encountered that image on your Instagram feed. Yes, yeah, it is yeah. on my Instagram feed, so people can check it out if they want to see what's up. Um, yeah, I feel like, I mean, I, I almost feel like it's easier to ignore slash just like shut your eyes and let it kind of pass when you're when you're single. And I almost, per, like I almost wish I were just so that I could be like, oh, fuck it, whatever, like Netflix and let's go see a movie or whatever, like just it doesn't even matter. And now that I have been seeing people, different people, for a few a few Valentines in a row, and like, I don't know, I don't really remember it being tricky last year. I feel like we went to the prom, and that was kind of fun-ish. Um, I was a little over it, though, because I feel like I went to the prom like a long, long time ago, like the people's prom, and going again was just like, ugh, really, this still? But um, but it's a different crowd and whatever, and it was kind of fun, I think. And um, but this year, different person, different vibe. Like we both don't really care, and but we made Valentine's for each other, which is cute. But then I'm kind of I honestly feel myself being like, but I want it to be special, but also like, but I don't even care at all, and I don't want to do anything, and it doesn't matter. Like I have these really strong competing vibes, and it's I'm having some strong feminist feelings about it that are confusing and stressful. I don't know. I just kind of can't wait for it to be over and for more meaningless holidays like St. Patrick's Day and Easter to come to, to like wash upon our shores and take away the weird awkwardness of Valentine's Day. I think I used to be more like, oh, Valentine's Day is so great because it's just about loving each other and who cares? You know what I mean? Like, is this really something we need to fight against, you know? And like, yeah, fair enough. It's heteronormative and like co- corporate and capitalist and blah, 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 blah. But like, we're all smart enough to like figure out our own way to hack everything and turn it into something useful and meaningful so like is it really that bad to have a holiday that reminds us to appreciate each other but something about it feels stressful to me i don't know anyway yeah i i could see that that being the thing where it becomes less of like a reminder to be in love with everyone and sweet stuff and more like if you're not Hmm. you're in trouble yeah Uh, yeah or like Like, again, maybe I'm not articulating this very well, but I just feel like I want to behave in the single person way of like, eh, who cares? But because I'm with someone, I sort of feel like, but I secretly care, even though I feel like I actually don't care. Like, I can't figure out what my feelings are. I need to journal this out. (laughs) Which I should probably not put everyone on the podcast through this conundrum. Um, and with that, I think we'll go into our, your stories to at Brain City Chronicles was amazing and I loved it. And we will put, um, we'll try to put a picture of the backdrop that you refer to in your story in, on the blog, sadcast.ca. And uh, so people can kind of see as it's referenced a little bit, 
um, in your story. And then mine, um, yeah, we both told different, funny, sad, heartbreaky kind of stories. And, uh, and here they are for you, hopefully, to enjoy. Blah. I just want to pop in here and let everyone know that my microphone holding technique means that I pretty much shove the microphone into my mouth. And so, and I was pretty nervous telling this pretty emotional story in front of a couple hundred people. So you really do hear quite a lot of my nervous heaving and um, that's different than you're used to as I record in front of my computer on my desk next to my cat. So it's a pretty different vibe. And um, I, I appreciate your patience for the weird breathy breathing breathiness. Uh, so if that isn't exciting enough, uh, I don't know what is. Okay, enjoy. Thank you, Corey. Uh, How is everyone tonight? So the, the theme of tonight's event is unlucky in love. And I'm going to tell a story about a broken heart. Literally. One month ago, this very evening, my father's heart stopped beating. He collapsed uh, in the, next to the kitchen table and um, turned purple. Just a moment before he collapsed, my mother, who was in their bedroom, sensed something that something was not right and called out to him. Uh, he said he couldn't breathe. And she rushed out and was there when he collapsed and whacked him on the chest twice in order to start his breathing again. And it worked. And my father is still alive tonight. So, <laughs> so. unlucky, lucky. But let's back up a little bit. So if you ask my father, he will tell you that the first date he went on with my mother was Thursday, September 7th, 1972. And they went to the Esso Diner on 33rd and Idlewild in Saskatoon and had uh, coffee. There were free refills and cinnamon buns. Apparently they were famous. And... Uh, they will have been married 40 years this May. Um, the connection that my parents have with each other is so inspiring to me that I sometimes feel jealous that they've been together for so long, that they found each other so young and just have been lucky enough to stay together this long. And, uh, but it begs the question, were they lucky to find each other or are they just good at making each other happy? Um, Last October, my father turned 60 and retired in the same month, and he loves retirement. A typical retirement day of my father's is wake up at 7.30 with my mother, who still works. Uh, they have breakfast together. My mom says that that's the only way that she'll drink her juice, is if dad gets up and has breakfast with her and makes her drink his juice, makes her drink her juice. They're on some kind of fancy juice kick, I don't even know. But it's not like a juice kick, that would be too West Coast, but anyway. Um... 
<laughs> so then she goes off to work and he plays Sudoku. And then at 10 o'clock, he goes on a brisk walk of Calgary's plus 15 system. Then he comes back and works on his master playlist, which has currently 766 songs on it. <laughs> before, <laughs> before settling in for the first iteration of the day's news at 12 to be followed at 5, 5.30, 6, and 11. <laughs> Every version of the news. After, in the afternoons, it's really, you know, he'll play with, he'll play with, he'll make things with the 3D printer that he made or read a book or watch a movie, take a nap. Uh, and also prepare dinner. And every day at 4.45, he has a coffee misto with one shot of sugar-free vanilla waiting hot on the counter for my mother when she gets in from work. <laughs> because he says that it's the little things in a marriage that add up. Um, so my dad is a sweet and kind man, uh, but he's also a man that likes a schedule. And... Uh, <laughs> and uh, and so um, three days before his um, brush with death, um, his schedule changed. He got a cold. Or maybe it was the flu. We're not really sure. But anyway, he felt tired. And he didn't go on his walks. And he didn't make dinner. And he just napped and felt really tired and rested, as you do when you have a bad cold. And uh, on that particular Wednesday night, my mother um, had left her coffee mug, her travel mug, in the car, in the parking garage. And before she went to bed, she asked my dad if he would please go and get it. Um, he, she was probably thinking, you know, like, you haven't really been up in a few days. Like, the short walk to the elevator and then down to the car and back would probably be good for you. And he was probably thinking... I don't really want to, but um, he wants to, I'm, you know, I'm sure he wanted to do good by his wife, um, which is his style. And so, um, so he did it. He went down to the parking garage, got the cup, but by the time he got back into the elevator, he was already starting to feel short of breath. And we know now that this is probably when the clot that had been forming in his body started to get critical. Meanwhile, back in the condo, my mother is preparing for her bath, which she has every night at 11. And in fact, by the time my dad made it back up into the front door, she'd already disrobed. And that's when my dad got to the kitchen counter, braced himself against the ledge where he puts mom's coffee every day. And mom just sensed something and called out to him, which is where we started the story. But one wonders, what if she'd been in the bath? Or what if the bath had been running when he came in and she didn't hear him come in? Or what if she never had this spidey sense, as she calls it? Or what if he collapsed in the parking garage or in the elevator? I think in the few days after uh, his collapse, mom felt some guilt around asking him to go fetch this coffee cup. But the thing is, is that we know now that the clot in his heart had already been there for days. And so, in fact, it, it could have been that if she didn't ask him to go get the coffee, he might have died in his sleep that night. So it could be that getting the coffee was what, the coffee cup was what saved his life. Lucky, unlucky, 
lucky, <laughs> unlucky, who's to say? So, um, you know, you could say that he's lucky because he has a wife with nurses' instincts and a spidey sense. Uh, um, but you could also say that he's unlucky uh, because the official explanation of what happened to him is a massive, unexplained saddle pulmonary embolism, which is basically a bunch of blood stopped in your heart and it moved into his lungs as well. So he, he could have died, but he, he didn't. Um, and I think that what actually saved him that night was um, the love that my parents share. Um, because I think there's a kind of blood that runs through both of their veins that is their relationship. And so my mom wasn't acting as a wife or as a nurse. When, or sorry, she wasn't acting as a nurse when she hit his chest or you know, reacted to him uh, psychically. She was acting as half of the whole that is my parents. And uh, so in a way, they are unlucky in love and lucky in many other ways. Thank you. Hey, everybody. This is a really appropriate uh, painting for my story, uh, as you will soon find out. So uh, a few things about me that aren't necessarily super important to the story, but are important to sort of how it kicks off. Uh, I am terrible at dating, or bad at girls, as I like to put it. Uh, and I have OCD, but not the like, oh, I'm so OCD kind of OCD. <laughs> More the like, if the uh, volume on the TV is not an even number, I'm probably going to have a panic attack kind of OCD. So... <laughs> So I thought that uh, the fast-paced environment of a restaurant in the city would be a good place to work. Uh, I was 19, so I wasn't that smart. Uh, and uh, as was my way, I uh, promptly fell for one of the hostesses. She was very cute. She had the whole Irish thing going on. Uh, and at the time, which I thought this was an adorable quality of the time, but probably should have been a warning sign, uh, when she found out I had OCD, because I was uh, organizing all of the uh, menus so that they were flush, <laughs> and alternating metal, uh, not metal, metal, not metal, metal, not metal, uh, she said, oh, you have OCD? That's so cute. <laughs> like I said, should have been a warning sign. Uh, so I flirted with her off and on and never really made a move because anxiety disorder. Uh, <laughs> Until one, one uh, weekend, my friend was having his birthday week uh, because he uh, had issues with ego. <laughs> uh, but we were culminating his birthday week with a big party at my house, which was the party house because uh, our landlord just didn't care. Uh, so I thought, hey, you know what? I will invite her to this party. And if she comes, she comes. If she doesn't, she doesn't. Uh, but it's a good, I have an excuse now, because I needed an excuse. Uh, so I, I asked her to this party, and she got super excited to come to this party, and I got super excited that she was super excited. And then I found out I had to work that night. <laughs> it's fine. I didn't have to work, like, late. So I still, <laughs> and so the whole time I was working, she was, you know, texting me, like, where are you? Come to the, get to the party. Take a cab. Don't walk. And I was like, yes. 
This is going well so far, and I haven't even gotten to the party. <laughs> then I got to the party. She was very, very flirty there. You know, she was you know, sitting on my lap, downloading weird music onto my computer for no reason. Uh, <laughs> I don't actually remember. I think it was Chaos Crab Bucket. That's a song, right? <laughs> got a fan. <laughs> so things were going pretty well. It was pretty strong, pretty strong uh, start to the evening. Um, I don't know how my friend's birthday thing was going. I was a little, I wasn't really paying attention to that part. Uh, but somehow we all, a bunch of us ended up outside on our, on our front stoop and we were talking and then she just sort of started making out with me. It's great. Good. Uh, I do want to emphasize, she started making out with me. I was talking and then I was making out with someone. <laughs> no warning, but again, I was 19, so that was okay. Uh, then everyone sort of went inside to sort of give us privacy, but then also sort of watch us through the living room window. <laughs> uh, and that was a little bit creepy, but I was making out with a cute girl, so again, it didn't really bother me. But I decided, hey, maybe let's move inside where there's comfortable seating and maybe some privacy. She said, okay, and then she excused herself to the bathroom with her friend and didn't come out, <laughs> and then didn't come out, and then didn't come out. Uh, and then about a half an hour had passed, and at this point, everyone in the party is like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> I was like, I don't know, I was making out, and then she's in the bathroom, and I don't know what's going on. Um, and so at about the half hour mark, when I was getting kind of tired of people asking me to answer a question I didn't know the answer to, uh, I decided to go knock on the bathroom door, and I knocked, you know. Uh, Bridget, that's actually her name. I probably should have used a fake name, huh? <laughs> that was 10 years ago. <laughs> you know, uh, Bridget, are, are you okay? Because we were making out before, and I would like to keep making uh, And then there's no answer. So, you know, I waited another five minutes because anxiety disorder. <laughs> and then I knocked again. Hey, is everything okay in there? At this point, I was more worried that maybe she had died. <laughs> and I, didn't, I wasn't so concerned with the making out anymore. And then her friend sort of burst forth, is the only way I can describe it, from the bathroom. Uh, brushed past me, made uh, a very, the fastest way you could move through all five rooms of the downstairs of my house to collect the various items that belonged to her and uh, the girl who you already heard the name of. Um, and the whole way that she did this, because uh, I was following her, trying to figure out you know, what's going on, uh, it went something sort of like this. Bridget got outside somehow. Thanks for inviting us to the party. Okay, bye. And then she closed the front door. Like she just made her way through and was out the front door. And I was standing there, staring at the closed front door. Kind of, Bridget got outside somehow? <laughs> that seems like far too vague of an answer to what happened <laughs> to someone that you were in a five foot by five foot room with for half an hour. <laughs> so I decided to investigate, well, maybe I can CSI this, check the scene of the crime, <laughs> figure out what, what happened. So I went into the bathroom uh, and found the bathroom window, which is about that high off the ground. Well, maybe not. <laughs> 
had been forced open farther than it could normally open. Uh, and being very smart, I figured out that she had climbed out the bathroom window. Um, not the best move on her part, and the fact that we worked with each other, and in fact had a shift together the next day. So I could very quickly get an answer to the question, so you climbed out my bathroom window. Why? <laughs> I learned that she had a sort of boyfriend in New Jersey that she was going to visit the next week. Um, which, well, whatever. Uh, kudos to her. That's dedication. That was not a... <laughs> but my, uh, my night was not over yet, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> because unbeknownst to me, the whole time I had been making out and flirting, uh, a sort of friend of the birthday friend uh, had been doing a lot of cocaine. <laughs> and so when I, and I think justifiably, decided to quit the party because I'd had enough, I was going to go to bed in a huff. Uh, I tromped upstairs, opened my bedroom door to see him like midline. And he's like, uh, and I was like, get out? And he decided to leave. Uh, he didn't pick up his coat. So I stopped and I said, like, well, clean up first. <laughs> Which he did. Uh, not to my standards, so I spent a little bit of time after that. <laughs> uh, and then I went to bed. And that is the story of the girl that climbed out my bathroom window. Thank you very much. Um, finally, last topic, job hunt. So you recently got a job. Tell me about it. Or, I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'll just give you the bare about, I'll basically yeah. give you the title. I'm a junior community manager and uh, graphic designer for a uh, Vancouver-based uh, social marketing agency. What is a social marketing agency? Like social media or yeah. social? social media. Yeah. Huh. That is one of those jobs that sounds like a lot of words but I don't know what they do. So do they manage marketing for companies? Yeah, for like various different things. It's a, the pretty, I have a pretty like broad portfolio. So cool. yeah, it's all kinds of different things. But yeah, basically uh, they manage like the social media strategy and executing that strategy for a bunch of different companies. Clients. Interesting. And are you happy there so far? I am. Yeah. Because you've been kind of like surfing the like underemployed freelance kind of looking for a job sort of world for some time now, right? Yeah, I've been freelancing basically is how I would I would like to look at it. Okay. Which was not your ideal because you're like... It was not my ideal, no. Right. You're like a bring me the benefits, bring me the Monday to Friday slash whatever is involved. But I yeah, like I like the structure of uh, working like in an office and all that sort of stuff. Um, being accountable to other yeah. people who can see you. <laughs> that, yeah. I didn't like doing the business side of freelancing. That totally. was a, just a big old drag, and I wasn't great at it. Um, yeah. Negotiating for wages, I feel like that should be a class in university or in high school. You know, like, in our, like, neo-feudal society, like, we all, we're all kind of on our own, and we have to account for things like benefits that we have to pay for for ourselves, and, like, holiday time and whatever all this other shit that's not covered when we're not employees and so it's and I don't know what it's like for men but I know for myself as a woman like it's really challenging to like overestimate and overvalue or like value 
plus a little bit your work, you know, the tendency is kind of like, if I quote too high, I won't get hired. <laughs> so it's really difficult. I fucking hate all that shit. Like, plus, like, nobody talks about how much they make. So you never really know what to say. I mean, you can Google it, but I feel like that's not really reliable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's some good resources out there, uh, especially for like writers and designers mm. there are places where they can find that resource like what you should be charging and stuff okay real talk as a designer i kind of feel like you have one of the freelance professions that's actually financially valued perhaps in a way that's different from just writing say or oh no not at all People you disagree still try and, yeah okay it's the same okay and as far as, far as i've in my experience uh, any artistic pursuit is uh, just all is straight up shit. Okay, you'll get the like people will undervalue what it costs and like the time it takes to do absolutely. Design. I so I recently had a frustrating experience, and I really I'm not going to call out this company because I or this like group because I don't I just don't really feel like that'll be that rewarding. But I recently had a a kind of job interview experience with a group that I think could have been fun to work for or with except that I have I think they really had no idea that they basically asked me to work pretty much a full day for free as like a component of my interview and then they didn't hire me because they said that my work was like not or the like sample work that I made was like not hard-hitting enough and I couched my submission to them in the language of because I'm not being paid for this like I'm not giving you the full kind of Jackie experience here because um, you're not paying me and so I can't really afford to just sort of sit here and spend all day on something that I might not see any return on do you know what I mean like without being super explicit about it I was just sort of like this is a very quick rough sample of the type of work that I do so that you can get a, a flavor or like a, a, a kind of sense of what I can do and I was really upset actually and what I didn't know how to do and what I and the reason why I wanted to talk about this was like should I go back to them and be now that they've written me to say we're not going to hire you should I go back to them and say like listen I think this is really unethical and like you need to know that you can't just ask people to work a full day for free like and this involved like going to one of their events videoing it getting the footage and then cutting something together so it's like that's a shit ton of work actually and I spent probably between commuting paying for parking and going to this thing and then like meeting up with someone to get the footage and then ingesting it and like figuring out what to do and trying not to spend too much time on that for like to try to maintain professional boundaries and be like a self-respecting badass professional like I I you know that was probably eight hours of work and like for nothing and I feel angry like I feel upset and I don't know you know and I there were several steps along the way where I was kind of like, oh, I feel kind of awkward about this or like I'm trying to complain, but I also like fucking need a job. And this company actually sounded kind of cool. So I was sort of like really confused, you know, have you had one of those situations? Yeah, well, I mean, doing a project part of your uh, interview process is a pretty common thing, especially in design. Um, but it's I mean, it's usually like that sounds like something that they wanted to be able to use. No, I mean, this is interesting. They were pretty explicit about like, we're not going to use what you make. So they were really like, this is just the interview process. I yep. don't feel like I was being like exploited intentionally, but they were um, in, in that, like in a literal sense of like trying to get free work out of me. But they were still asking me to work for free. And I just feel like, what the fuck? You know, like when you apply for a job, like, you know, like if I built a whole blog to apply for this job. Like I built a whole website basically kind of blog as like my application to this job so I already spend like three or four hours or whatever 
trying to be like innovative and cool and interesting in my application for this job and sh- and like answering their questions in a way that was cool and like to me when you ask people to apply that's when a person is like I'm putting the work in for free but then to sort of say like okay like you've passed step one now step two is like do a fuck ton of other work for free and then you know it's like I don't know I, do, I feel like am I crazy like what to me it's a, it's it's not okay I yeah I, I'm I'm not ready to weigh in on that. I do, I do know that that's pretty standard practice. Oh, what? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was, the, really, like yeah, eight hours of doing, free work on top of your application. Well, depending on how much time you put into it, I mean, but yeah, doing a project, especially for like a creative position, I think that's pretty standard. Oh, I think that sucks. I think your work should be able to speak for you. I think that's why you apply. I think it's totally bullshit. I fully disagree. Like disagree in the sense of like, don't want to participate in that kind of world. Like, I don't know. Maybe I would love it if people wanted to write us and tell us what they thought. People who are listening, because I'm sure a lot of you are freelancers, but it's like, fuck that. You know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't work for free. You know, like, I just, I don't like, I'd rather have my work paid for or sit here and collect EI and like, wait until I'm going to get paid for. I just don't think it's appropriate. And like, Maybe it's just like totally not the right industry, but I don't know. I'm sick of it. And I'm like trying not to just be grumpy because I didn't get the job. I think I would still be grumpy if I got the job, <laughs> but it would be, it would have been worth it. And now it's not really worth it. And I feel like, I don't know. I just don't think it's worth it to say anything to them. I haven't responded to their email saying like, thanks, but no thanks. Like I might just walk away. Yeah, I mean... Ethically, don't you feel like that's, there's like at least, like, even if it is the norm, like, don't you feel like it's unethical? It doesn't feel unethical to me because they're not using it for something. That's part of the application. Sometimes you do, there's, and after a like, year and a half of various different applications, that it's a, it is, I mean, it's a hoop you have to jump through and it's not an exciting and fun thing to put in a bunch of hours, but I, it's not, it, it's that totally far normal off huh. for me from like, the time to write a good cover letter I guess (laughs) oh yeah for me it's like a ton more work to take my body to a separate location film something then meet with someone to get that footage then sit down review it all put it together no like I mean that that's having to go there and film stuff that is a lot more work I mean if that's a bit weird like I I would (laughs) have maybe like they they probably should have provided you with footage if they wanted you to do an editing project. Yeah, like I almost feel like that would have been different, you know, but they were kind of like, we want to see like what you, how you approach this and like what you capture and da 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 da. And I'm kind of like, I just feel like, honestly, I almost feel like at least pay for my fucking parking, you know what I mean? Or like give me a muffin or something. Like it was just like, there was, no, I'm just so used to the film industry where like, I don't care like if it's a commercial or like a shitty reality show or whatever, like you're paid for your work. Yes, you're expected to work a fuck ton and you might not know exactly when you're going home and you're not supposed to complain about it and whatever, but like you get fed, like you are being compensated. Like you, there are, there is like, there's an expectation that the work you're doing is appreciated and like paid for. And it's not that you have to kind of do a dance. I mean, I don't know, maybe people do, fuck. Maybe I'm wrong because I did do a free day once, but I've only done a one free day, you know, and it was the first day I was ever on a set. You know, I felt like, yeah, I'll do a free day. Like I want to go on set. And that's how I met people. And the next day I was working and was paid. Like, I don't know. I think this whole like marketing corporate, like creative world isn't quite the right world for me. I need to 
just stick to my guns and stay in the film industry. Damn it. <laughs> uh. The problem is, do you have an answer? Like when, if someone were to show up today with like $10 million and just say like, Stoop up, do whatever you want to do. Follow your heart. Like, do you have a really clear idea of the kind of work you would do if you, if money weren't a factor? Because I, I actually don't. Someone gave me $10 million. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. What would you do? I'd, just, I'd be writing and uh, mm. doing stand-up. Just like what kind of writing? Screenwriting, mm. probably. Yeah. I'd probably go get myself an office so that I had a place to go that wasn't yeah. my house. Yeah. Uh, and I would go there and I would... See, you don't need $10 place. million dollars to do that, though. And, like, $10 million wouldn't really make a difference. Like, it's just time that you need. <laughs> yeah, well, the money gives me that time. Yeah, so. fair enough, fair enough. Ugh. I mean, I can, I still, I do write now, yeah. but, you know, it has, and, you know, it happens in my evenings and stuff because I yeah. have a job, which I really enjoy, uh, that I get <laughs> to help yeah. pay all my bills, you know? Yeah, I hear, yeah. And yeah. it's a bonus that I get to be creative in my job and I get to do graphic design, which I also really like. So. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I don't have that kind of um, medium to long-term view necessarily, or perhaps I don't have the courage of my convictions, but like, I definitely have a short-term view. Like, I'm kind of living it right now, which is that like, I can't believe this is the first time in my life I've collected employment insurance or unemployment insurance. And like, to me, I'm just kind of like, what? The government pays you to like not work? Like, this is amazing. <laughs> and no, it's not enough to live off, but like, what a, what a cool thing that we get this in this country because I've worked in a lot of other countries and I was never qualified because I was just on a temporary visa and was not allowed to collect benefits. And so uh, I've been jobless many times before, but never where there was a check coming in that kind of helped you stay sort of afloat. And I'm looking for work, like, as we've discovered, but, you know, there's a lot of kind of magic and waiting and timing and being lucky and being available in this industry for me. And in the meantime, I'm just like making my own film, which I'm almost done. I'm locking the picture tomorrow. So that's exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah. So I've been hustling doing my art in the time before the job calls because I feel like the moment the job calls I have to drop not drop the art but like my attention level to it has, is going to go way down and so if only I were better at managing money I feel like I would love to work like really 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 hard on like other people's shit for like six months a year and then just do my own shit for six months it could, it could happen you just need to get the right get that right kind of cash <laughs> in the working really hard time for other people Ugh, i'll figure it out something always happens is what i remind myself when things feel weird something always happens right darren something always happens he's like Meh. he's got a really sad sleepy face on now which is the face he has on pretty much always um okay well any parting thoughts any any suggestions of things people should do um well, if, uh, if this is out in the next week, people yeah. should uh, go to the uh, cat-inspired fashion show. Totally, the launch uh, party. Yes, the launch party at Make on the 21st. It's going to um, be amazing, of February. Yeah. I want to stress it's cat-inspired and not uh, cats wearing fashion, which is what I thought it was at first and was really excited for. I know. I mean, it's, like, I would bring Darren if he liked leaving the house, but he doesn't. And I have a few items of clothing for him. It's so, still very exciting, but yeah, maybe I'll like put him in clothes and then print those pictures and bring them so that there will be still an element of cats in clothes, but it's cat inspired clothing. Yeah. Yeah. So people should do that. Um, yeah. It's going to be a really fun party. It's free. Come get the issues. Sign up for a thing. Like there's music and dancing and like 
those nights, you know, it's Make Gallery, so it's on 7th or 6th or something. They're always pretty delightful. It's so. so delightful. Pop in, you know, go next door, grab a beer, go to Brass Neck, whatever, go go Foundation, go for dinner. Like, it's just a lovely little, like, neighborhood mm-hmm. place, art, people, like, pop in, get a drink, have a, have a chat, you know, kind of night. Lovely, yeah. lovely things going on in the neighborhood. Um, yeah, I second that. And what else? I don't know. There's probably more stuff coming up soon, but hopefully uh, we're going to, not hopefully, in fact, we're going to bang out another podcast before the end of the month. We're going to really try to get back to two a month. <laughs> this month is the turnaround. It's been a tough January. What can I say? Um, thank you. As always, Stu, it's wonderful to co-pod with you. Yeah, lovely to talk to you as well. And uh, yeah, good luck with the with NBA uh, dunking and um, the corollary podcasting that you do. And uh, yeah, talk. I'll see you next Friday or Saturday at the on the yes. catwalk. Yep, I will see you there. <laughs> okay, maybe that's maybe that's our like closer forever. It's like see you on the catwalks too. Yeah, that's good. Like You're like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Okay. Thanks, everyone. Bye. You gotta say bye, Stu. Oh, we need one bye. No, you gotta say goodbye. Otherwise, people are like, what about Stu? I don't think people like that. You're the closer, man. Uh, Okay, then you gotta say goodbye. And then I'll say goodbye. No, you only need one goodbye if I've learned anything. I'm gonna cut the word (laughs) goodbye out of what you just said. (laughs) And then put it where I need it. There's only need for one of those words. <laughs> Fine. Okay, goodbye. I'm going to hang up for real on you now, too. Everyone is saying goodbye all at the same time. Okay. And goodbye. See you later. Yes! Yes!